0: is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. During this time of uncertainty and division in our country, the only sensible thing to do is abide in Christ. Pastor J.D. encourages you with the reminder that God knows all things especially as it relates to the upcoming election. Take heart that God already knows who wins and God is still on his throne. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 20th, 2020.
1: Galatians chapter 5. Verses 14 and 15, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. First Corinthians chapter 1 want to read verses 10 through 17. This passage and the one after it in chapter 3 could be written today concerning the church. The Apostle Paul says, verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, I'm pleading with you, I'm begging you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, (laughs) that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. I I applaud Chloe. You know, this is before social media. Otherwise, how would Paul know what was really going on in the church? So what were the fights about? What were the arguments concerning? What were the quarrels about? Well, we have the answer, verse 12. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yeah, you know who baptized me? The Apostle Paul. No way! Way! Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And then he says this, Not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. In other words, when I preach the gospel, I don't do so in my own power, my own wisdom. I don't do so persuasively with eloquence, so that when I preach, you're going, wow, what an orator. Chapter 3, First Corinthians, verses 1 through 7. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. The writer of Hebrews echoes this when he talks about this dynamic of spiritual immaturity. You should be mature by now. You should be eating meat, but you're not. Instead, you're still On milk, you never matured spiritually. You're still worldly. That's what he's saying here. He says, verse 3, you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, Paul, And another, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? (laughs) Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. I would suggest that Corinth had become so divided because, as one aptly said it, they had the personality cult mentality. This is why today we have superstar celebrity pastors and teachers on a pedestal. Whether we put them there, and we do, I'm just as prone as anyone to do it. And God has checked me on it. Those from whom I received great blessing, through whom God spoke into my life. I I have this tendency to idolize them and put them on a pedestal, and, and God is like, big mistake. And then He allows me to see something and then I'm disillusioned and disenchanted and then I take my eyes off of them and I take them off that pedestal. I put them on and I turn my eyes to the Lord where my eyes belong. And He alone occupies that position in my life. So we put the experts The celebrities, superstars, wow, they're famous. You see how many followers they have? I hate that. I'm sorry. I just hate it. And I get it. And I I understand. And, you know, I appreciate it. You know, Pastor JD, whoa, dude, you got over 200,000 followers. I'm like, you know, the Lord knows my heart when I say this. It's not about how many followers I have. Is how many followers does Jesus have? The Apostle Paul would say it like this, follow me as I follow Jesus. Imitate me as I imitate Jesus. But don't follow me instead of Jesus. So when that happens, and it's happening, <laughs> arguments will always ensue which in turn leads to division and destruction from well-intentioned dragons. That's actually the title of a book that I have in my library. It's written by Marshall Shelley, who writes, Within the church, well-intentioned dragons are often sincere, well-meaning saints, but they leave ulcers, strained relationships and hard feelings in their wake. They don't consider themselves difficult people. They don't sit up nights thinking of ways to be nasty. Often they are pillars of the community, talented, strong personalities, deservingly respected. But for some reason they undermine the ministry. They are not naturally rebellious or pathological. They are loyal church members convinced they're serving God, but they wind up doing more harm than good. Some 20 years ago now, I heard an illustration that sums it all up. You may have heard different versions of this, but it basically goes like this. I was walking across a bridge recently, and I saw this guy who looked like he was ready to jump off. So I thought I'd try to stall him until the authorities showed up. So I said, don't jump. Why not, he said. Nobody loves me. God loves you, I said. You believe in God, don't you? Yes, I believe in God, he said. Good, I said. Are you Christian or Jewish? Christian, he said. Me too. I said, Protestant or Catholic? Protestant, he said. Me too. Are you Episcopalian or Baptist? Baptist. Wow, me too. (laughs) Are you Baptist Church of God or Baptist Church of the Lord? Baptist Church of God. Me too! Are you original Baptist Church of God? Or are you Reformed Baptist Church of God? Reformed Baptist Church of God. Wow! Me too! Are you Reformed Baptist Church of God Reformation of 1879? Or Reformed Baptist Church of God Reformation of 1915? he said, Reformed Baptist Church of God Reformation of 1915. I said, Heretic, and I pushed him over. (laughs) We laugh, right? Isn't that true? I share that to say this, don't push me over the bridge. I'm not going to jump, but don't push me over as I talk about the significance of the Abraham Accords and why it will not only divide the land but will also divide the Temple Mount and ultimately fulfill specific and key Bible prophecy. If you'll kindly hear me out, I want to connect the prophetic dots in Scripture with the details that are now emerging from this peace agreement. Let's start with this signed Abraham Accords Declaration of Peace, Cooperation and Constructive Diplomatic and Friendly Relations. It was issued by the White House last Tuesday, September 15th. Quote: The parties discuss their shared commitment to advancing peace and security in the Middle East, stressing the importance of embracing the vision of the Abraham Accords, widening the circle of peace, recognizing, listen to the verbiage, each state's right to state solution, to sovereignty, and to live in peace and security, and continuing the efforts to achieve a just, comprehensive, and enduring resolution of the, and here it is, Israeli-Palestinian conflict. That's what this is all about, a Tuesday solution. Also on Tuesday, the White House issued the Abraham Accords Declaration. Again, quote, We pursue a vision of peace, security, and prosperity in the Middle East and around the world. Quoting another paragraph, we encourage efforts to promote, listen, interfaith and intercultural dialogue to advance a culture of peace among the three Abrahamic religions and all humanity. Speaking of Islam, Judaism, and I'm going to say Catholicism, not true Christianity. Last Sunday, Al Jazeera published an interesting article about the UAE Bahrain Accords with Israel leaving the door wide open to Jewish prayer at holy site. (laughs) A statement embedded in the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain normalization agreements with Israel brokered by the United States may lead, listen very carefully, to the division of the Al-Aqsa compound because it violates the status quo, analysts say. According to the joint statement between the U.S., Israel, and the UAE released on August 13th by U.S. President Donald Trump, as set forth, quoting, in the vision of peace, all Muslims who come in peace may visit and pray at the Al-Aqsa Mosque and Jerusalem's other holy sites should remain open for peaceful worshipers of all faiths. This choice, still quoting, of terminology is neither random nor a misstep and cannot be seen as anything but an intentional, albeit surreptitious, cryptic, secret, clever, crafty, Attempt to leave the door wide open to Jewish prayer on the Temple Mount, thereby radically changing the status quo. The same statement was repeated in the accord with Bahrain announced on Friday. The article then goes on to say, Some call for Jewish prayer on the holy compound, speaking of the Temple Mount, While others aim to build the third temple over the ruins of the Dome of the Rock, which, according to the Messianic belief, would usher the coming of the Messiah. That's not our Messiah, he already came. This is the Antichrist, who they will receive and be deceived as being their Messiah. It's the false Messiah. Activists believe allowing Jewish prayer at the compound and dividing the holy site between Muslims and Jews would be a step towards asserting sovereignty and eventually attaining their ultimate goal of building the temple. Watch this. Dividing is the catalyst for uniting all of the world's religions. You're dividing Jerusalem. You're dividing the holy sites, as they're referred to. You're dividing the Temple Mount. And you're dividing for the sake of uniting the world's religions together, exactly as we're told in Bible prophecy. Let's connect the dots prophetically. I want to start with 1 Thessalonians 5.3. I want to take a little different approach to this well-known prophecy. We talk about it often, like every week now. <laughs> the Apostle Paul is writing, and he says, while people are saying peace and security, those two words, destruction will come on them suddenly As labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now stay with me. I think we would do well to answer the why question. Why does sudden destruction come down on them while they're saying peace and security? What's the why behind the what? And for the answer, we need look no further than to the prophecies in the Bible about how the Antichrist will confirm a seven-year peace agreement, Daniel 9.27, which will include cutting Jerusalem in two vis-a-vis the two-state solution, Zechariah 12.1-3, and the rebuilding of the temple where at the three-and-a-half-year point he, the Antichrist, will oppose and exalt himself over everything that is called God, so that he sets himself up in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. 2 Thessalonians 2.4 That's what happens, and that's why the sudden destruction comes down. But now, let's answer the how question. How does this all go down? How is this all going to happen? Daniel 8, verses 24 and 25. And his power, again speaking of the Antichrist, shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He will be possessed by Satan himself. This is Satan's power. And he shall destroy, interesting word, wonderfully. That's kind of a paradox. Wonderful destruction? (laughs) And shall prosper, prosperity, and practice, and shall destroy, destruction, the mighty and the holy people. How? Verse 25. And through His policy, also he shall cause craft to prosper, deceit in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. And here's how, by peace shall destroy many. That's how. Wait, what? So the way, the way that this destruction is going to come is vis-a-vis peace yes by peace shall destroy many he shall also stand up against the prince of princes that's jesus but i love this he shall be broken without hand like pfft. this is an abomination i don't know how else to say it this peace agreement with the United Arab Emirates and Bahrain is an abomination. And this declaration is an abomination. All faiths, problem. We don't pray to the same God. Allah is a false God. Islam a false religion. Muhammad a false prophet. And you're going to join the world's religions? So we all pray? In the book of Revelation, we're told that this is exactly what's going to happen.
0: The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting inspiritandtruthradio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's word right here on In Spirit and Truth.